Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda and Morgan. We have helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally our jam. Here you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That is pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about issues that may arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. We are so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey guys, this is Amanda and Morgan. We're Empower Your Pelvis. And today we're looking to interview Miss Amy Slater coaching and she's going to hop on when she gets a chance. And uh, we're going to talk to her a little bit more about what she does, the journey I've had with her over the last couple months and how it wasn't really a weight loss journey. It was more trying to figure out my health because not going to lie, me and COVID kind of kicked my butt. I'm trying to add her in. Oh, there we go. Oh, little loser. <laughs> Here she comes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> That's the intro. This is Amy Slater. She is my coach that's been really helping me through my health journey over the last three months, four mm-hmm. months. Who knows? I started the journey. We had a 45-minute consult to start it all off. And then Amanda had a had to decide to hit the ground running and decide if she was going to actually tackle this health thing or not. Cause I was losing my hair after COVID and dealing with some other things like cystic acne, um, PCOS diagnosis. And yeah, all that fun stuff. And then um, you luckily came along and kept me, I mean, did you get this done? I mean, did you get this done? <laughs> Living in my busy world. If I didn't have you, I don't, I still think my stool test would probably be sitting in my freezer. <laughs> happening yet. Yeah. Anywho, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Oh gosh. Well, my story is very long, so I'll do the, the short version of it. So I have a bachelor's in nutrition. And while I was in school, I had aspirations of becoming a physical therapist. And um, I went through the training a little bit and I went through shadowing. And then I thought that my life would only be um, doing terminal knee extension and like four-way hips. So I opted out of that because that was only my experience at that time. Now, remember, this was like a really long time ago. Um, So I went through and continued with my training because at that time I was also a personal trainer and working in University Wellness Center, finished up my nutrition degree, and then went on to get advanced training and pursue being a movement practitioner. And I worked with seniors for the first 15 years of my career and loved every minute of it because um, even though I was a competitive athlete at the time and was racing bikes professionally and, you know, training really hard myself, I really felt niched in training those that had a passion for improving their life function. And I just felt that strong connection. So then when I went through my fellowship with the Gray Institute and became a gift fellow that even grew even stronger, understanding all the mind, body, spirit connections to movement that the fitness industry at that point in time was missing and where I wasn't finding that in all my other certifications I had, not fully grasping how powerful it was to a person's health and function as a whole. Um, And then when I was still working in a hospital-based facility, I was working with clients and they just were not getting better. It had these older women coming to me at that time, older women, which I'm now their age. (laughs) Um, I would say, you just wait, honey, you'll turn that 42 and the lights go out. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, of course, well, that's not going to happen to me. 
and sure enough, like realizing that even though my life trajectory took me a different way to prevent those symptoms from occurring, realizing that it wasn't just one woman. It was like woman after woman coming in. I used to be so skinny and now I've got like, my legs are just full of cellulite. I used to look like this. Here's a picture of me. And they'd come in and just would be devastated at their appearance and everything would be focused on their appearance. They were meeting with dietitians, which at that point in time was, were focused mainly on the, you know, 1200 calories, 1600 calorie diets. I'm starving all the time. And they're eating, you know, that's was during snack wells times and fat free and low fat. It was just like this total disaster. And I realized that there was so much more that could be happening. And I wanted to do that. And so then I got pregnant with my first set of twins. And after that pregnancy had a huge diastasis because going into it, I was racing bikes professionally, already had asymmetries in my pelvis, had, um, you know, compression in my lumbar spine. So you can imagine the disaster in my core coming out of that and my pelvic floor. I had a great pelvic floor physical therapist and then started really putting the pieces together why I felt so crushed coming out of that pregnancy felt just incredibly depleted, exhausted, anxious, and I didn't know what was going on. So I reached out to mentors and started studying it myself and realizing that going to my doctor who was just saying, well, you've just had twins, you'll get through it. And I'm like, that's not helping me. (laughs) Like I want to be there and be active for these boys. And I just felt my identity was gone. Everything was gone. And so starting to lean on like from the physicality of it, like how do I improve my function? How do I correct the psiastasis? Working with my pelvic floor because I was having a lot of pain with intercourse, just everything. It felt like the wheels fell off the bus, literally. And so realizing then it was my nutrition, I had severe depletion, even though I was eating more of an ancestral diet during my pregnancy, but leading up to my pregnancy, I wasn't. I was super, super, super lean and under eating unknowingly for my training and just went into the pregnancy depleted and that carried over into postpartum. So then I started putting, where am I going to put this information? And now I see where these moms who are 42, 43, 44 and over, like even up in their fifties and sixties and saying, I'm a mess. Like I'm literally a mess. And it didn't hit me until I was like starting to go into perimenopause. And I'm like, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to fix this now. And it wasn't overnight. It took a long time and it took trial and error. And I realized that's where I wanted to focus my efforts. And then I had my second set of twins and, um, that was an even, yeah, that was an even bigger diastasis. Playing the lottery because to me, the biggest lottery ticket that granted you're spending more money than you're probably getting back, but the return on investment, I bet is great. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I won't lie. I mean, like I can't even go into the stories. I mean, just daily, there are events like that. I feel like I'm a bobblehead, but even more so, like, I think that's why I am so driven in my coaching mission and in my messaging and where maybe like, if you have, look, one kid is hard, but four kids is a whole different ball game. Like, so that's where I'm not discounting the mother with one child and how difficult that is. But that's where sometimes it may seem like, well, this is not that hard. But my perspective remembers only coming from having twin pregnancies. So like the necessity to be intact mentally and physically, I mean, there is no option. Like you can't, because he's not here. So my husband is not going to take over, right? Like it's just not. And if they do, you have to come behind them. I'm sorry if any men are watching and you have to redo it, right? 
I mean, no offense. Them, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. okay, these are the steps for, you know, what we're going to do today. I like, he leaves town. Granted, I just left town. So I left yeah. laundry list. He's leaving town tomorrow to travel. There'll be no list because he's yeah. just like, got this. Yeah. Like, I know this is my natural duty. Yeah. A mom, but right. for him, he's like, uh, where did the list go? What do I need to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you can then imagine now how much healing that you, we can't say healing, the, but how much progress you have made to bring everything back online, how much more difficult that was for you prior to, like when all operations are not running, like you're in a fog all the time, not saying you were in a fog all the time, but you have all these hurdles in, in front of you. And as motherhood, we don't need more hurdles in front of us. There's enough being thrown at us and our kids need us to be there. And so that's where I really went at it. That in addition to really wanting to be active, I wanted to be the athletic physical mom. I didn't want to be the one sitting on the sidelines being like, sorry, my back is killing me today. I just can't, I can't do it. Mommy's diastasis is really coming open at night. You know, I can't do it. So Two years ago, I made the decision to go and get a full abdominoplasty. And um, I documented the whole recovery. And when I went into the plastic surgeon, I was like, you know, I'm not in here for aesthetics. He's like, <laughs> like, I don't even want you to lock me down all the way because I want to be able to function. I just, I need to feel that tensioning again. And so uh, that was pretty much the last step in the process of bringing everything back online and being able to be fully participative and had gotten to a point where my digestion was really well. I was at a nutrient sufficiency. I was at a point where my adrenals were better to tolerate the surgery. And that's brought me up to today where I've now launched Amy Slater Coaching and really have this strong mission of getting away from this ridiculous focus where in motherhood, you know, if you're not looking like X, Y, and Z, you know, you're not like in the game or you're not like really doing it right. That's and what kind of mission does that send our children, like either our girls? So I could go on, but I'll let you ask me some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gosh, that's so much good information. Yeah, good background. I, it's incredible. That's what I wish people knew more about you. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, no, thank you. Are they yeah. No, the girls are very similar. The boys are like totally different. Okay, okay. Yeah. So with clients, let's say someone like me comes into your world, what are like some of the top things that you're looking at with moms or workaholics who are yeah. moms, uh, busy bees? Like, yeah, take us through that. Yeah. I think, I think the term we use for you is busy woman syndrome. I think we use that at one point. Yeah. And we all have it where, you know, women have a natural ability to like multitask, take on because of the estrogen. And especially when our estrogen is surging, you know, in that perimenopause state. But then when we go into that surge and we start to like feed into that as our progesterone is decreasing and where our adrenals are going down and man, I mean, we are then in for like this nightmare firestorm and then we're not eating right. So I look for like all these different things and just ask the right questions in terms of, you know, are you ready to change? Because you are going to have to change some things. It is not sustainable to burn boot camp, all those orange theory, all those different types of boot camp type classes are awesome. But if you have a kid that's not sleeping, if you have a kid that has special needs or is needs more attention, 
And as soon as you get home from your boot camp class, you're launching into getting them ready for school. They don't want to go to school. You know the scenario. And then you're like, from stress state, I can't eat until 10 o'clock. I may be like buzzing on coffee until then. And then we wonder why our joints hurt. We have no recovery. Man, I'm just like getting this roll around my middle. And now it's like hanging over my pants. Maybe I should eat less and exercise harder. So those are the patterns and those cycles that we see. And that's what I'm looking for. And then asking the questions, you know, what are, what is your nutrition like? Are you, and I just did a live on this now, are you now catering your meals to your kids' meals? Because all they'll eat is macaroni and cheese and chicken. So now you eat macaroni and cheese and chicken. And then you're just eating like a couple bites of goldfish and grilled cheese. And, you know, kids' nutrition is a whole nother ballgame. But like, if we're thinking about that and we're thinking, since I've had kids, now my diet is not only undershooting my calorie needs, but I'm under, underway undershooting my nutrient needs because now I'm dieting and only eating my kids' food. And you can just think about like the tissue degradation and the poor hormone signaling. And then we're like, maybe I need to start supplementing. And then we start throwing random supplements in on top of a terrible diet. And it's like this firestorm of number one, wasted time. Number two, tons of wasted money because you can dump tons of money into program after program and like supplement after supplement and end up in the same boat or a lot of times worse because it's, it's dangerous to just randomly supplement with stuff. I think the biggest thing for me with you is I did not realize I was trying to move furniture in a room without lights. Yeah. And you came in and turned on the lights and were like, Amanda, you shouldn't be having coffee. No, this is before we knew I was sensitive, but you shouldn't be having coffee in the morning before you've eaten food. You shouldn't be having coffee as your breakfast. Why are you not eating lunch? You're seeing patients from 9 till 4 or 5 p.m., but where's your lunch at? Oh, your lunches might happen in front of a screen and it's yeah. Mean two or three hours. You're not chewing your food. You're on high alert from the minute you wake up in the morning, you leave the office, you get the kids, you're still on high alert. So you're never able to, you know, control those hormones. So really being able to, number one, we try to close our computers when we're eating our lunch, awesome. we step outside, get some vitamin D. I no longer am having caffeine without food in my belly. I uh, make sure when I get in my car, I do my breathing of inhaling for four, holding for seven, exhale for eight, at least yeah. five before I start driving away to go get my kids. And then I do it again before the kids like walk into school, but like really recognizing like my body is like sprinting 24 seven and it needed more breaks. And I thought as a mom, I was just being superwoman, which yeah. was stupid to think that why should we even strive to do that is dumb. That's just in my opinion. Um, and then all the food changes that we've done, I get asked this question weekly by patients is like, oh gosh, does it suck to cook like two meals, you know, for your family? Like, why do we think like we have our babies, we breastfeed or formula feed, but we try to do the best that we can. Then when they start eating food, somewhere along those lines, it turns into mac and cheese, cheese pizza, yeah. processed food. So no, I'm not cooking two meals. My kids are learning to eat healthier, well-balanced meals again with the vegetables that we are providing or the fruit or the right amount of protein for them. They're eating that and becoming right. a norm or has become the norm and they're eating healthier. And now that's their school lunches too. Like we're not going and just having the processed pizza at school. Yeah. Wrong with school lunches. But my kids needed more to fuel their system for as active as they are too. So it was lots of different light bulbs. Like not only did you hit the light switch, you're turning on the lamps, like you're really brightening up 
our lives in a really positive manner. I've probably seen a change in your kiddos too, like their attention, like all that kind of stuff, how much that changes your kid's diet. Yes. Yeah. It's huge because, and I think it all changes because we are burnt out and you've got a kid that's screaming like Madeline. She runs the show in the house. She's six. And she, if she's not going to want to eat, she'll throw a fit. And you've got to have like the mental stability and the stress resilience, which we can talk about. That's huge. It's not stress elimination. And there's nothing that takes me off more than hearing like a non-parent say, you just need to work on your stress resolution. It's like, really? Thank you for that. Like, that's so helpful. And then you can come and sit during meal time when everybody's like having a tantrum, you know, but it's up to us. There's, there's no, I mean, we need, if you really want to be a superwoman, own it, like own the responsibility of being a parent. If your kid has a fit, okay. Like they're not going to starve, right? Mm -hmm. They need, a lot of times they need like the nutrients coming in. There's a lot of good pediatric dietitians to follow. We don't have to talk about that, but Yes, it makes a big difference. And from a stress resilience standpoint, I think the thing that really highlighted when I, you did a reel, you do so many great ones. They're so hilarious. But the one where you were like at the door and you're like, let's go. And you could see it like your eyes. I was like, I bet this is a lot of real life coming on right here. Do you remember that one? There. Huh? That it was happening live. Oh, I bet. Like I could see the sunglasses like, let's go. And I know a lot of moms can relate to that. I mean, I say it like multiple times a day, but <laughs> it's then what happens after that surge. And that's what we really worked on with you. And what I work on with my clients is, all right, we're going to have the stress. The kid, your child's going to have a fit, but it's up to us to mirror an improved stress reaction. I'm by no means perfect. I use lots of tools. I use essential oils. I use sunlight. I definitely lean on my nutrition strategies, movement, everything. But when we mirror back better stress and stress reactions, and then we don't surge up, that gives us better blood sugar stability. And then we looked at your cortisol rhythm and it was, there was no rhythm. Like it was completely flat. And so just having that functional lab test feedback, that gives you like more reality to the situation rather than like, I think there was a point even when you were like, I'm feeling better. And I'm like, let's wait a little bit. Like, <laughs> like it's been like a week. No. <laughs> so like, yeah. So having a coach to pull you back and be it like. Explosives is how I would best describe it. And I hate to admit that, but it was that like, it would get to the, all right, boys, let's get our shoes on. Let's get our shoes on. Hey guys, we got five minutes. We got to head out yeah. the door. I like that. Let's go. Would really truly happen daily. And it was so frustrating that that was happening so often. And it's funny to look back at it now. And it really hasn't been that long in this, yeah. but to look back where it was last, at the end of the school year, last year of that yelling match every single morning to now, it's just like, okay, you guys know the drill. We got to get, yeah. got to leave. And so now I just talk to myself, like, I can hear myself. So I know you can hear me. I'm going to get in the car. And as soon as I turn it on, they're like, Oh, mom!" <laughs> and I don't have to yell anymore, but I've had yeah. to, that feeling of like the bomb's going to go off in like three seconds. And when it does like, wow, I didn't need to do that. Or now I feel, you could feel that response with the cortisol, um, on the inside. And it wasn't a good one. Yeah. And I mean, we all that, have it. My family too, that, that is, just even one small change that has been great. Yeah. And now you'll have that for the rest of your life because you'll never want to go back to that pattern. We were calling it mommy monster. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's true. We all become that because you can, you're human. You can only handle so much. Doesn't mean you're going to be a robot and just be like, it's okay. We're going to be 30 minutes late. You know, you can't like be in that, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's, it's so toxic. And that is this intercepting the stress. And then if it does happen and you like, you know, you lose your noodles, then the ability to then rein it back in and either go and reconnect with your child or reconnect with yourself and do your breathing and pull yourself out of that sympathetic state. That is what we need to really own and to step into that place of bringing ourselves back in control of our health, because you're not going to stop the stress reactions. Just how do we handle them? Yeah. You have me before that managing my stress is way more important than the nutrition side of things. Can you tap into why that is? that way? Um, in terms of calories and all that? I think so. Or if I was going to stay, cause I kind of had like, I had already fixed my nutrition and I was so proud of myself that I was like, well, shoot, this is easy, but my yeah. stress management still sucked. And you had sent me a text message that like, Amanda, the stress, Oh, I had broken out in hives and my eye oh, was, yeah. and that's where you were like, we've got to get your stress under control. Cause your stress and the scheme of things, your stress re- um, control or management is going to be way more important than what you're eating. Oh yeah. I guess Those, the, the blood sugar. I think yeah. So you can have a stress reaction and your blood sugar can surge to 160, 180. That's why we always do like blood sugar to start with, see where you're resting. But like, if you have a stress reaction, your blood sugar can go up and you haven't eaten a thing. So you can have the people that are like stress-free and those are your, your people that are like, man, how do they eat all that stuff? And they're like, fine. They probably have really good stress management. Now, does that mean food doesn't matter? Absolutely not because the food itself can cause, can drive those stress reactions. And that's one of the hallmark signs of food sensitivity is it can drive neurological reactions and accelerate that stress response and not only accelerate it, but then hold on to it after it happens. Like you don't come out of it. So that's where, yeah, we really had to work on really looking at yourself. And that's where we pulled the exercise down. And right away, like we we're like, no running right now, no boot camp style, like work on strengthening, work on your movement strategies. Like I'm sure like our first movement session was like, who is this person? But like, like you know, doing more like cueing into how your body is moving in space. Cause that in and of itself calms the nervous system because when we're moving better and you know, you guys know this as therapists, when you're moving poorly and you're in pain or congested tissue all the time, that will surge blood sugar, which in and of itself increases stiffness. It increases, like decreases your ability to put on muscle mass. And it's all this vicious cycle. And it all comes back to how are we handling our stress? And then what is our mindset around our stress? Oh man, I got to clean the house again. You know, I got to cook dinner. I got to put them to bed. So we've got to flip every situation. I've got a house to clean. You know, my kids are healthy. They may be, you know, I may be losing it, but they're healthy. They're here. I've wanted them. Let me like flip the situation. I have food to cook for dinner. However, we can flip it to put ourselves in an attitude of gratitude. And that sounds very woo woo, but it's absolutely necessary because I think in today we complain about so much and like, don't really look around and be like, I have so much. I am so lucky. There are so many people that have it way harder than I could ever even imagine or even tolerate myself. And if we adopt every day with that mindset, you can conquer anything. You can tackle anything. And if you're struggling and you're listening to this, you can get through this. There's 
You know, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says everything's fine, you may look fine on blood values and in and, and their laboratory markers, and there are no diss on them because they don't have the training, the tools, or the time to sit down and be like, tell me what your day's like. Like, when do you go to bed at night? What are you doing before you go to bed? And I think like we talked about turning off the phone at night. Don't worry about posting at night. And you did such a great job for a while there. Morgan was doing like, I saw like you were just out. Mm-hmm. You needed that time to take over. And that was respecting your body and giving yourself that time. And I think we're just so saturated in, in everything with social media. And we put so many expectations on ourselves and don't understand that it takes time to heal. You have come a long way very, very quickly, but the majority of my clients do not. It takes a while and it takes consistency and diligence. And you know, you can't compare anyone's journey to your own. Can you, since you just kind of touched on it a little bit, can you tap into your routine that you do at night? Oh. Are very good, and I know it's a horm- it's for hormones. So I want you to tap into that too. Yeah, go through your blue light stuff. Yeah, so I am trying to get outside or get equal sunlight to blue light time each day. Um, now I have the luxury of being working at home with a laptop, so I'm not on a desktop where I can't do that. But I'll bring my laptop outside if I can't like just sit in the sun outside, which is not really likely. But if I bring that outside and I'm getting that sunlight, in addition to the blue light, that helps with melatonin production at night. And then at night, I start my day with bedtime in mind. So if bedtime is always now with soccer, it's later, sometimes it's nine o'clock by the time we're like asleep. So it's not by the time you're in bed, it's by the time you are asleep. That's when your clock starts in terms of your sleeping hours. So there's no screens at all after like seven o'clock. Um, sometimes I have to pop in and answer a text or a message, but I've got my blue light blockers on and I dim my screen, simple hacks like that. Lights get dimmed, um, temperature cools. And then I end my meals, which works for my blood sugar strategy, but I don't know whoever's listening. I don't know your blood sugar strategy. So everybody's different, but it's best usually to end meals or end eating two hours before bedtime. So you're not digesting your food because your body needs that time to repair. It's not about burning calories or time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. It's about, in this context, giving yourself the time to be fully digested and then go into that repair mode overnight. But really getting off of our phones is the number one thing to do because that's usually when our kids go to sleep, we're like scrolling. But then think about how many triggers that pushes too. Like, look at her. I did barely nothing today. And like, I'm exhausted. And she is like lifting weights at night is totally ripped. And look at me, you know, all those different things, the psychology of it. Her kids are perfect. Mine barely have a t-shirt on going out the door. So, you know, it's like as moms, we compare ourselves all the time, even if we don't want to say that we do. And how much does that mess with our heads? It's like mom peer pressure. It's so crazy. <laughs> and like, um, so yeah, I'm branching, but <laughs> all here. It's insane. Yeah, it is. And our, our mothers didn't have that. And I get to meet your mom too. It's tomorrow, I guess. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like our parents didn't have that because they didn't have Instagram and whatever else is out there. Like I'm not even current on all the different options, but like I see it in my girls and all the messaging, like even dolls, 
And it's like the LOL dolls. Uh, if you have boys, thank God you don't have the LOL dolls. They're atrocious. Their heads come off, their hands come off. They're so weird. But they have this figure and their boobs are out and they're like got these big butts and the girls are walking around like, you know, and I'm like, you're six. And all this messaging that it's all about the shape and we're mm-hmm. not talking enough about like, you know, what's the doll eating? I mean, I don't know how they could reframe <laughs> it, but like, like, you know, yeah. So there, we're not, and we, I think, carry that over to as women. So yeah, I see on there five hours of sleep. No, five hours of sleep does not work um, at all. And for healing, recovery, blood sugar stability, one bad night's of sleep will make you into, will have blood sugar of a diabetic, a diagnosed diabetic the next day. Yeah, because now that we've got this puppy, like I'm waking up every like for four and a half hours to let a dog out. Yeah. And I had it so good, but the puppy is like the return on investment with him is fantastic. Yeah, so, I knew it would be for you. So it was a good choice. Like a couple months. Once I yeah, it. totally. But if you have a new baby or, or if like you're going through my kids, like the girls want me to sleep on their floor until they fall asleep. And then my husband wakes me up and I have to come downstairs. Oh yeah. Like, okay. So it's just disrupt sleep and that in of itself can disrupt your function the next day. And then we're searching for more highly palatable foods. Um, we're less focused, we're less focused. So we're using food to prop ourselves up for, with energy. And we also, I think I posted yesterday people's meals that they were eating and someone commented, this is disgusting. Like I could never eat like that. And it's like, I don't know. It's like regular whole foods and it's because our palates change. Um, you don't desire the mineral rich, healthy foods. You desire more highly palatable processed foods because your digestion can't handle the more complex whole foods. And so it's all intertwined. And that's why we have to root back to the fundamentals before we can leap ahead and say, we need to really start pushing it in the gym and counting our macros and all that. Because also another thing that I just, I can't wrap my head around is as a busy mom. And again, I have two sets of twins, but you know, one, two, three, four kids, how are you going to be weighing your food? Hold on guys. I've got to get my measuring cup out. Like who is going to do that? Like seriously on a regular continual basis, if you do that and it works for you, awesome. But I don't want to see my girls to see me doing it by any means. And I certainly don't want to live by like counting my bites, my licks and my tastes of my food. It's just, how do you even, so we could go on for that for hours, but when you get, or do you, okay, so you have, most of your clients are moms with moms, right? Moms yeah. with kids. Yeah. Do you, what's the number one advice if you could tell every mom with a kid, what would be your number one thing you would say to them? I would say start early, like to start right away. Don't fall prey to this. Oh, well, you're a mom. It's just going to be hard and it'll be over. This time is short. Just enjoy it. Well, we want to enjoy it. But one of the best ways that we can enjoy it by feeling good right? So if you feel bad, if you are not feeling good and your nutrition is not good, don't fall to this. It's okay. You know, everybody's, you know, you're in this stage of life for a short time. And like, we're going to all have our wine and chocolate at night. This it's nonsense because you're just going to bury yourself deeper. And also then if you're falling into the other camp and you're trying to be like, the body before you were pregnant or before you were pregnant, which I mean, after I had the boys, that was like my mission to get back to, cause I was in fitness and I was like, now had this mom bod, you know, which is just horrible to hear people say, but when you're a new mom and you have this identity shift, 
you've got to wrap your brain around pretty quickly that this is where working with seniors has benefited me hugely because the ones that have functioned the best are the ones that focused on movement and nourishment and didn't get sucked into and being active their whole life and then get sucked into this rabbit hole of physique and, you know, looking a certain way. So focus on your food, eat real whole foods. Even if you're not the cool mom in the neighborhood, that's like hanging out, eating cheese and wine at night. And I'm sorry, but it's just the reality. I live in a neighborhood and that's what happens. Like I am not invited to things for the reason that I am not, but I don't care. And I'm sorry if anybody's listening in in the neighborhood, (laughs) I should have said that, but, um, you know, it's true. And if your kids, you're afraid your kids are going to be the weirdos because you're feeding them healthy food, then educate them on why you are and tell them about how important it is. Because I guarantee you, nobody is going and talking to some of these, you know, big time athletes. Who's the football player for the was for the Patriots, Tom Brady. Yes. I mean, is anybody teasing him? Hello. Has anybody seen his diet? His Subway commercial. Cause, uh, Stefan Curry's like, Tom, can you even eat this? And he's like, no, yeah. but commercial. Like, I don't eat this, but it's a commercial. I'm telling you, nobody's going to tease him. So it comes down to, do you have the confidence in yourself and in your principles? That's why everything should be run through a filter. Just like in movement and exercise, is this a principle of movement? Is this a principle of nur- nutrition that's going to serve me throughout my lifespan? You know, understanding, really educating yourself. If you don't have a clue about nutrition, don't make it a joke. It is now your job to figure it out because now you have small people that are relying on you to educate them. And it's not going to come from the food industry. So I don't fall prey to it. I don't think you should. You are more educated than that. You had the strength and courage to become a mother. Now you have to have the strength and courage to take care of yourself and your kids and um, stand up for yourself and for them and nutrition and movement and definitely see a pelvic health physical therapist. For sure. <laughs> Love that. Definitely. And, yeah. I think one of the biggest things that we see too is, I mean, we all want a quick fix and we want the easy way out, obviously. Right. And so you're probably getting questions like we are, well, like how long is this going to take? Well, I mean, how quickly am I going to get better and all that kind of stuff. And I even see it with myself, with my own eating habits and sleeping habits. Like if it's going to be a little hard, I sometimes don't do it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'll just do it tomorrow or whatever. And that's like, it's just, and then we get on this, oh my God, well, I better join this gym because if I, I do it for 30 days, they're going to promise 10 pounds of weight comes off, you know, just all that stuff. And it is the wrong message, but if it's harder, most likely people aren't going to do it. Right. And I even, I even hesitated to post your before and after. Not all, I managed to do just the head because I knew that people wouldn't really read beyond that first slide. I wanted to put an emoji, but then I was like, I don't want to take it away from Anna because you're proud of that. But it's not the missing. I'm more proud of, like, you can see the inflammation that I wasn't seeing before. And I was like, man, I'm yeah. abdominal pain. I'm up. My stomach and pelvic pain is a thing every day that I'm working with. And then to see that and then see like the inflammation has decreased. I'm like, dang, that was just three months, you know? And we had talked about like to really change hormones takes 90 yeah. just to get it to start moving. So, I mean, we got right. days. We're not even as far in as I would like to be to continue the journey. Yeah. I want to be, um, but to see that much change in a short time frame and still have so much to still go, I think is 
it's really incredible in the fact to see that the inflammation is such a thing that now I see with patients here and start to kind of implement things that we've discussed and hoping to start planting the seeds in them to grow into something for them to decrease their pain. Right. Yeah. And I think I may even do a, like a recap blurb and do just, you know, highlight the face because that's what I see in everyone. And like I said, it's in your eyes. Like I could see that right away. Like when you were at the beach, I could see that just relief of this day is not going to suck. Like I am not going to feel at the end of the day, like I've yelled at my kids, my stomach hurts, you know, I've got pelvic pain or I've, I'm tired. I don't know what to eat. Everything I eat makes me feel terrible and it's not the way to live. And I think you got to find an anchor to your point, Morgan, is like you got the, my seniors that I've worked with are my anchor. Just the conversations are tremendously invaluable. I have a man right now who's 84 recovering from prostate cancer has He's bleed, you know, internal bleeding and periodically got terrible edema from the drop in his testosterone all the way down for treatment. He's been a client for 15 years and changed his whole diet way back when I first started working on all this stuff. And I come in all excited and I'd be like, you got to try this. Look at this book I'm reading. And he'd be like, let's try it. And he started working out with Viper, but he's my anchor because he keeps on rehashing. You have saved me from this process. I've always, I was, he was a football player in college. He's a man but you can still integrate it. How do I want to feel when I'm his age? Do I want to be in doctor's offices and reliant on the communication between doctors? Because it's a whole second job. A lot of these people, when they retire, like I've got a client now, when she retired, she's like, I can't do anything. I've worked my butt off to earn money to live the rest of my life. And I'm so deficient now and broken down and I can't function. And it's not just one woman. It's at one after the other. So how do we want to function once we've worked to serve others and build up some retirement? Do we want to enjoy our partners and our kids and be functional and go for walks when we want, work in the garden, do whatever you want to do? Or do we want to just be decrepit because we were dieting our whole life and trying to crush it in the gym for who? The exercise Olympics? Like who's going to recruit you? Really? Get off of the boot camp and just Get your body stronger. Nobody cares if you've got a six pack in your 40s. Like, does it mean that much to you? Because you're going to have to put in so much effort into that training at that stage in life to achieve that body composition. What does it matter in the larger scheme of things? Your kids are not going to love you anymore. In fact, they need you more with them and off of the training scheme and, you know, out of weighing your food. I don't know. It just, to me, it's like if you have that anchor, Nothing will stop you. No peer pressure from the neighborhood will keep you, you know, suck you back into old habits or feeling you questioning your, your mission for yourself. If you get it away from the scale and back to how do I want to function the rest of my life? How do I really want to feel? Like I'm solid 20 pounds more than before I had probably the girls, maybe 15 pounds before I had the girls. But I will never go back to that position where I was before because I was anxious. I was frustrated all the time. I wasn't the mom I wanted to be. I wasn't as strong as I am now. I couldn't go out and race a bike like I did before, but I sure as heck can endure the day and be happy with them and be great for my clients. And so that's what life is about. If we get back to that, it's easy. Amy, thank you so much for everything. This is awesome. Um, one thing we want to ask, because we ask all of our um, people that we interview, is what is something that you are doing, learning, or teaching right now? 
Oh gosh, all kinds of things <laughs> all the time. So, um, I am getting ready to do a blood chemistry course and I'm getting ready to go into the, my next level of applied health and human performance. And then I'm doing a course with Katie Sinclair. If you don't know Katie, she's with Empowered Performance. She's amazing. And once she has her course up and running, she's had a family emergency and we'll have it back up in January. I'll be in her course, but I am always either in the functional nutrition space or in the movement space and continuing my education because it's so important to me to be there for each of my clients. As you know, like when you sign on with me, um, you are fully in it and I am right next to you the whole way because that's why I get the results that I get to with each client is I would say it's close to a hundred percent because I am next to my clients the whole way, as long as you are walking right alongside me. And she's not lying about that. We were driving <laughs> 20 hours to our family vacation. We were stopping for breakfast in Chattanooga and I was messaging. I think you had messaged like, Hey Amanda, like just check yeah. in. And I'm like, yeah, I just go out reading for breakfast. And you Googled a couple of places and I'm like, yeah, we'll go to that one. She ends up calling the restaurant asking what the food's cooked with, what oils, because I can't have certain oils, what foods, because I have food sensitivities. And basically gives me a call and like, hey, Amanda, I want this option here would be a great option. This would be a great option. This would be a great option. And so when I got there to the restaurant, I was just basically reiterated everything you had said. And I was like, wow, like, (laughs) and it was a Friday or Saturday, Saturday or something. Like, it was a weekend and you were on, yeah, I was on vacation. You were on vacation. Yeah. I was on vacation. And I, my husband was like, holy cow, what a woman. I'm like, I <laughs> like that every day. Like this is the same thing. You go above and beyond. So oh, I thanks. appreciate it. Well, that's what a coach does, right? They're to support you. And when you're first starting out, it's overwhelming because you change in a lot of behaviors, trying to form new habits. And that's where you need that support system. Yes. Well, thank you again. You're Be welcome. Great. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thank you. You guys both. Bye. Hey, Pelvic Posse. We want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can we ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you will continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review? Tell them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health. And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version to this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all of our visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to watch. Thanks so much again and make sure to give your pelvis some love. Until next time, peace Peace out, out pelvic posse. posse.